Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome to Babbleheads. I am your co-host, Jesse HS. And I am your other co-host, Eric Tyler. And uh, here we are. We are back, and we are, uh, after our week off, uh... We have the Super Bowl to discuss, and we're going to dive right into it. The Patriots coming away with a, I think we it's safe to say, a lackluster performance overall for um, the Super Bowl as far as expectations of, you know, an exciting offensive game. It was an old-school defensive game, but I will say an old-school boring defensive game. It wasn't as exciting for... I love watching defensive football games. I love watching defense win games. But this one, it was just, it was, uh, it got a little exciting down at the end. But as I predicted, Tom Brady, uh, once again, a Super Bowl champion for the sixth time. Eric, your thoughts on the game? Uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, it was uh, definitely a defensive battle through, throughout the entire game, pretty much. There was only one touchdown scored, so... I don't think going into that game, anybody would have, would have predicted that. No, um, no. You know, the sports media, not even just sports media, sports fans, like especially American fans, we really want action, action, action. You know what I mean? So, so many people like uh, really talk negatively about the Super Bowl, which I guess I can understand because obviously it's exciting watching teams score touchdowns. But uh, there's like two ways to look at the game, obviously, a very slow pace, but I, I look at it from the fact that I think both uh, both defenses were just that good. I mean, I think it speaks volumes about the Rams uh, defensively that they, they held, you know, Tom Brady who to not even throwing a touchdown pass. So, Which I think is kind of overlooked right now. Yeah, because I just think, um, you know, like I said, we want action, and, and everyone wants these high-scoring games, which those are fun to watch for sure, but this was just uh, you know, a change of pace game where it was a defensive battle, you know, 3 nothing for a while, 3-3 three to three for, for another portion, and then um, the rookie, uh, Sony Michelle uh, with, the, with the one rushing touchdown of the game, so the way I take it away from it, just a a defensive struggle for sure. I, I, I questioned uh, the Rams offensively, especially in their passing game a little bit, and I think it kind of showed Jared Goff definitely did not uh, light it up by any means. Um, Tom Brady made made his normal, you know, uh, good plays. Uh, all in all, again, defensive uh, defensive battle with the Patriots uh, just edging them out. So, uh, you know. Do you so think – to watch so do you do you see jared goff going to the super bowl uh beyond this do you see him developing and the rams uh in general developing into a real playoff contending team well yeah i mean obviously they, they went there already i, I think they're only going to get a little bit i think i could definitely see him going again i mean their defense is just so stuff tough if they can keep all those guys together, and if Todd Gurley can dominate as much as he did uh, throughout the year rushing, and they add a couple weapons, I think they definitely can. I, I don't think Jared Goff is uh, going to be like the greatest quarterback ever, but I think he's good enough to, to lead them to a Super Bowl victory. I really do. I think throughout history, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, not, I don't want to say mediocre, but uh, you know, not superstar quarterbacks that won championships, so... I could definitely see them going back. The problem with them is, is uh, are they going to be able to keep everyone together, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball? I mean, they have so many studs on their defensive end. But the, what, what shocked me the most about the game, I thought, was um, 
you know, because they had such a powerful offensive line this year. But that's what surprised me the most was how much pressure uh, the Patriots got on Goff. I felt like he was he had to scramble a lot in that game, and I and I, I just think they they kind of took him off his uh, his game a little bit, where he couldn't even just uh, kind of just lead them down the field really so that's my biggest takeaway from that game actually is uh, the Patriots defensively not so much offensively so do you have any issue with uh Julian Edelman getting the MVP of the Super Bowl no I mean I think obviously I mean he he made a lot of big plays and, and a lot of a lot of uh big catches throughout that entire game whether it be to extend the drive or so I mean I think I think it was good. I mean, it would have been cool if Sony Michelle got it just because he, he scored the lone touchdown. But obviously, uh, if you look at the stats of that game, Edelman did kind of light it up, and, and he was uh, Mr. Clutch. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if it's going to go to anybody, it was probably either him or Sony Michelle. So I agree with it. How about you? Um, I mean, you can't really – I guess I can't really complain too much. But – I would have thought it would have went to a, a defensive player because it was such a defensive game, like possibly Hightower. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's always interesting. I mean, I feel like historically you don't really see too many defensive guys. And that's yeah. why I was I was kind of hoping it you would see that. Yeah, it would have been cool for sure. But I mean, I think I definitely don't argue the fact that he got it for for sure. I mean, he definitely deserved it. So. Um, he put them in a lot of uh, a lot of those drives that they had, where they did get into the red zone, or or when they got pretty far down the field, it was definitely because of him. And like it's like we talked about before, I mean, they Brady did the same thing that he always does. He, he, they didn't differentiate. He hits that quit out of his hands really quick, hitting you know Gronk or or uh, Edelman on the slant. I mean, they're not doing anything crazy. They're it's 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 all right there in front of you. You know what you're gonna get, but. Can you stop it is the question. So, Do you think Gronk's done or is he coming back? Uh, I, don't, I think he'll play definitely for sure more. But, he, you know, the thing with him is just uh, just injuries, man. I just don't know if he'll ever – I mean, his injuries are pretty legit, especially with the back and the, his back injury. So, I mean, he's a big dude. That's a lot of wear and tear. So He's got a bionic arm. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so let's we'll see, see if he maybe he can get a bionic back. Who knows? But I don't know if he, uh, you know, it's funny because Gronk is such a, people look at him as like a dumb meathead type of dude, but actually, like financially, I read that, like, he is actually, like, really smart with his money, and, like, um, something like, I don't think he spent, all, like, the money he actually spends is just from endorsements, so, like, the actual money he gets from the Patriots, he actually doesn't even, he doesn't spend it, apparently, so. I heard that, yeah. Yeah, so I don't think it'd be a money issue for him if he wanted to, to, to walk away. And I'm sure he could. There's plenty of uh, different facets of entertainment I'm, I'm sure he could get into. We saw him in the WWE ring before, so that'd be funny if he did something like that, even. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, definitely. But, yeah. All in all, I thought it was a. You know, it was an okay Super Bowl. Definitely defensive heavy, but I could see why the, the common, you know, fan who just watches the Super Bowl or doesn't pay attention would, would, would absolutely hate it. So Perfect. And they have a good halftime show in the air. So now do you think, uh, do you think if the chiefs went chiefs, if the chiefs went to the Super Bowl for the AFC, 
do you think that they would have put out the they would have put the LA Rams out and they would have won, or do you think the Rams could have? What, what kind of game do you think that would have? Obviously, we're speaking in hypotheticals, but well, I guess if I mean if if the Rams played the exact same way they played in this Patriots game, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, probably I think Kansas City would have won. But that being said, I mean Kansas City's defense is also quite lackluster. So if they you know, you never know. You might you might have got more output from the Rams. But, you know, a lot of people were saying, well, that, that game should have been the Saints versus uh, versus the Kansas City anyway. So think about that. I mean, that probably would have been the complete opposite of what uh, we saw. It would have been probably extremely high scoring. So. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, interesting to think, and it's going to be uh, interesting to see who winds up, uh, winds up playing in uh, early February next year. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, you got to think that the teams that were up there are, are probably the teams to favorited to go back. I got to think the AFC, the the Chiefs are definitely going to be another team that the people are going to almost guarantee are going to be there, and the Patriots as well, obviously. And the same with the with the NFC. I mean, I'm sure you're going to see the the Saints do really well, and you're going to see the Rams back up there. So there might be a few other teams to uh, to squeak in, but. As we pre as we preached, uh, a lot of the, a lot of teams are one or two players away from uh, you know become, becoming a real contender. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what it is. I mean, the NFL that's kind of how it is. Is just uh, everyone's just a few players away, especially a key player like the quarterback or something like that. Um, and I mean, look like I said, look at the Browns. They go from not winning a game to winning six. So they're obviously just going to get better. Now, uh, moving right along, now that we've gotten the Super Bowl out of the way, let's uh, let's talk about the Browns. The Browns acquiring Mr. Hunt from uh, after getting you know released from the Kansas City Chiefs. What are your thoughts on this? Obviously, this guy uh, gets uh, you know pink slipped uh, by the Chiefs uh, after his incident with. Uh, with a female uh, and assaulting her and it being caught on video, and now the Browns have signed him. So uh, my first impressions was it was kind of a head-scratcher to me because, you know, they drafted uh, a running back fairly early who did really good with them and Nick Chubb. Um, so I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I guess it all depends on their plans. A lot of people, from what I'm reading, some people think it could be a trade bait type of thing where they, they picked him up in the hopes that they could actually trade him, uh, like maybe around the draft time or something like that, which is interesting because I guess that could very well happen, but uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, that being said, I mean, I think having a one-two punch of uh, Kareem, uh, Kareem Hunt and uh, and Chubb would be would be good. I mean, obviously being a Steelers fan, it would be scary to go against, against that. I think um, I thought it was a little sooner, him getting signed a little sooner than I thought he would have, but... It's kind of, uh, you never know with these things, you know. Sometimes a guy kneels down for the national anthem and we'll never see him again, and some guy shoves a girl and we see him in a couple months. So Yeah, it's uh, it's an upside-down uh, league for sure. Um, like the way that uh, people are punished, or not even so much punished, but like, um, I don't know, like almost chastised for things. Like we, the, the NFL, like uh, anybody else, I don't think they realize, but it's it's pretty much a fraternity. I mean, it's every um, every team is owned by uh, these own you know these owners these, and they all kind of stick together. If uh, people don't realize that, is 
is there is a lot of them are good friends with each other. So if one guy gets uh, you know chastised for uh, out of a certain organization, a lot of them follow suit. And I think that's kind of what you saw with with uh, Kaepernick and stuff like that. Um, you got all these older, uh, you know, very wealthy. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's old white rich guy. It's like politics, pretty much. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, but that all being said, too, like Kareem Hunt was a great running back and does he deserve a second chance? I mean, I, I, who am I to say he does or doesn't? Obviously, what he did is despicable, and I would never, um, you know, I don't know. I, that's how I feel about that. But um, Colin Kaepernick, the thing, uh, there's two sides of it, I think. Like, I understand what he was doing, and then there's people for it against it. But also, like, people want to – they're glorifying him. And I look at it from, like, an actual just talent uh, aspect – I don't think he was that good of a quarterback anyway. You know what I mean? So, like, well, people are like, oh, he, he could start in so many teams. Like, could he really, though? Like, is he really is – Kaep- was Kaepernick as good as um, – I mean, go through all the NFL quarterbacks right now. Like, who is he really better than that you you would you would, uh, you would would argue that? So Honestly, I would put him I, on the level of a – honestly, like a Trent Edwards. I mean, I apologize for my talk, but um, – yeah, it's uh, I don't even know, but that, I mean, he he had he had an okay time in, in San Francisco. He wasn't amazing by any means. I mean, they did go to a Super Bowl, but people forget that that Forty ers team again had a, a like an amazing defense like at the time. So I don't know, but uh, we don't have to get into all that. But yeah, the NFL really truly is like almost like a fraternity, and you see these owners stick together. So like I said, that all being said, I was surprised to see Kareem Hunt get signed so quickly, but. He does. He is talented on the field, and and I'm eager to see what they, what they do if they decide to keep him or if they decide to use him as like a trade bait type of thing. But uh, we we, sh- sh- we shall see. Yeah, definitely. So moving right along to your Steelers, uh, we have Antonio Brown um, trade rumors going on. Uh, yeah, I mean, no more rumor now. I mean, he. Uh, so basically, what was it? Uh, yesterday he pretty much tweeted that, you know, he, he wants out, basically. He said it was he enjoyed his nine years with the Steelers, but it's time to move on. So, you know, before it was back and forth, like no one knew, like he never had officially said he wanted out, but um, uh, now it's official. But the Steelers, the only way he leaves is if, we re- if the Steelers release him or if they trade him. And I don't think they're going to release him. They're not, they're not that stupid, I don't think. So um, they want something for him. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a couple landing spots where he could go. Uh, at this point, I've kind of washed my hands of it as a fan. Like I say all the time, I grew up being a Steelers fan. I didn't grow up being an Antonio Brown fan. Obviously, I love everything he did for my team, and just as much as he should love everything that they did for him. I mean, they drafted him when nobody else wanted him, gave him a chance to shine. So, um, you know, I don't know where he's going to go. A lot a lot of people are saying, like, the West Coast, like the Raiders or the, or the 49ers because – they would have the payroll and, and a lot of trade bait. The Raiders have three first-round picks, so that would be a good land. And they just got rid of Amari Cooper to uh, the Cowboys, so that would be a good landing spot. But yeah. I don't know. Like, what, I mean, I was going to get, like, what's your um, assessment of it? Like, what do you think of this is how this stuff happens with social media now? I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, but... I'm glad he finally came out and said it, but I feel like a lot of this can be could be handled elsewhere. But obviously, 
any press is good press. You want your name in the headlines. You want Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless talking about you on Undisputed. You want Stephen A. Max Kellerman talking about you on First Take. So it's all like most of the time these things are publicity stunts and we see them a lot you know baiting everyone and and waiting and making people think and getting people's opinions and and ideas and guesses and where what's he gonna what's his thought process where's he going where's he want to go what are they gonna do um and they kind of draw it out to kind of buff up the publicity of it and kind of buff up their brand and get you know your name in the headlines incessantly we see it with all sports i mean Oh, definitely. I mean, the media is like you. You want your name in the media. Obviously, they always say, uh, you know, no press is bad press, even if it's negative. But um, the, my assessment of Antonio lately is he seems like he's just kind of going crazy. Like he, he a he looks crazy right now. I don't know if you've seen a picture of him lately, but he has like these crazy weird dreads with like he dyed his mustache blonde. He literally just looks insane to me, um, and I think like he loves. He's getting more into, like, the entertainment stuff. Like, there's, there's, like, some show on Fox called, like, Masked Musician or something where a celebrity in a mask sings a song and the people have to guess who it is. He was just on that show. He was just, like, at the Grammys. So, I don't know. I just... what I mean, whatever his priorities are or his prerogative, that's his prerogative. But, um, like I said, I kind of washed my hands of it and hopefully the Steelers get you know, a good trade out of the deal. So we shall see with that as well. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I do enjoy that as soon as the Super Bowl's over, there's already still so many questions for the upcoming season. So, um, it keeps you interested and keeps fans, I think, invested into seeing how the, you know, while we wait until August when preseason starts. So, uh, it's, it's, it keeps it interesting to say the least. Well, a lot of things are definitely going to happen within the next couple of weeks here because, the new league year for the NFL, I think, starts, the, I want to say, I don't know, the 13th of March, I think. So, a lot of stuff I think you're going to see happen before that. So Exciting stuff. Yeah, and then and then obviously the, the month after, uh, you know, you got the draft coming up. So, within that, right before the 13th, and then probably from the 13th of the draft, you'll probably see some, some good stuff happening. So. All right, any, any other NFL news before we move on? No, nothing I can think of. Just like some, obviously, like I said, just the offseason stuff, the big stuff with Antonio. Le'Veon Bell will be interested to see where he goes. Um, but there's some big, there's some bigger free agents coming out this year, so we'll, we'll have to discuss that as they, uh, as it gets deeper into the offseason. So. That we will. And uh, during all this, uh, the week uh, before the Super Bowl and all of last week, obviously, uh, moving on to NBA, just incessant um, talks. Uh, Anthony Davis uh, demanding a trade, coming out demanding a trade. And uh, as soon as he demanded a trade, uh, we saw some movement elsewhere as well. Uh, you know, we see Kristaps uh, Porzingis go to the Mavericks for, for um, you know, DeAndre Jordan, uh, Dennis Smith Jr., uh, I think, uh, and two other players uh Wes Matthews I think um which he, he's since been released um but obviously we see some movement there um but you know Anthony Davis coming out demanding a trade um the Lakers literally offering everything and the kitchen sink and uh it was uh I don't think the Pelicans had any interest in dealing them I mean when you offer six players and four first round picks i mean that or four picks you know two first round 
uh, picks. I mean, you're it's pretty insane. Yeah, I mean, when I first saw that deal, um, I was shocked, <laughs> first off, because I thought that was so much stuff. But the only thing I can think of is, and obviously it's been mentioned, but they must think or know that they can get much more this coming off season. You know what I mean? Definitely. So, they they want to you know, they want to deal him to Boston. Yeah, and maybe they, and obviously Boston's got better pieces, you know, in their in their minds. So, um, I, I honestly I was shocked though that they didn't get the deal done. I mean, it's kind of it makes just everything so awkward. It's like. Uh, and they sat him um, last Saturday. They sat him during uh, the final. I think. I want to say most of the fourth quarter, I think at least eight minutes of the fourth quarter, they sat him. I mean, that just, that makes the league look bad. It doesn't like what, I mean, it just, uh, it's, but it's how the league is now and it's how players are, but that just leaves a bad taste in my mouth that you're not out there. The star player isn't out there, whether he wants to be there or not. Like you have a job to do, you're being paid to do it. And I don't know if that was a, an office, uh, an office call, a coaching call or, uh, Davis's call to to sit out most of the fourth think, quarter of that game. Yeah, but. I mean, I think I think it was uh, like a front office call from what I remember uh, reading. But I mean, they, he has he has played since obviously. But I think during that whole just like the back and forth um, of what happened or what was happening with the trade stuff, I think they just wanted to keep him out. Which honestly, I don't know. Like I'm back, I'm in between about like look, I mean, look what happened to Harrison Barnes when he's playing. Uh, and he got traded middle of the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I can see why they would want to keep him out, but he is playing and he's going to play the rest of the year. And uh, I don't think it'll be a lack of effort. But you know, it's just interesting when you, I, you know, you can't be mad at a guy for wanting out of a place if he's not happy. And, and it touches back with Antonio Brown too. Like if he really wants out, like you can't really just beg. You don't want to beg him. And the same with Antonio, or Anthony Davis. If he wants out, then. He wants out. He gave, you know, that he gave the Pelicans all he had for however long, and obviously they're not going to, you know, he had a couple pieces with him. You know, obviously Boogie was there for a little bit, but um, they're not going to win a championship. So no, and I don't think I don't think Anthony Davis is. Uh, uh, you could say whatever you want, but I don't think uh, Anthony Davis is the. He could be a star in in New Orleans, but he will not be a star. I don't think in. In Boston or LA, honestly, I don't think he. I think he puts up numbers, but I also think he's one of those players, like many, who are um, stat patters. They can't really put together a winning team. They don't have those leadership qualities. Anthony Davis is not a leader. He's display. If you've displayed leadership, you wouldn't have uh, had you know atrocious and, and embarrassing records and uh, really no real notable playoff uh, appearances and or wins uh, while you were there and you had Boogie Cousins as well like uh, to me the Lakers that what played into that I think with the Lakers offering him so much is that him and LeBron do share the same agent um, and I think it was a situation where he wanted out now uh, things had already turned bitter um, they you know they removed him from the intro video they removed him uh, from like one of the tunnel tunnel banners or something like that, and uh, and I think uh, he more or less told his agent like, listen, you need to talk to LeBron or you need to talk to you need to tell Magic, do whatever he can to get me out of here, and they tried it. I mean, it was obvious. Like I've never seen, I've 
seeing and then they kept going back and restructuring it you know uh you know four picks and you know Lonzo Kuzma Ingram Rondo and uh Tyson Chandler like the it just kept altering and you're giving up five six players and like four picks it was insane you're offering 10 players for for Anthony Davis and to absorb Solomon's uh Solomon's um uh, contract. Uh, I mean, it was insane. I- I've never seen anything like it. And the the Lakers looked. They they showed their face and they looked like they were in panic mode. And it looked it was embarrassing. If, if I'm glad I'm not a Lakers fan because it was embarrassing to watch Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson needs to go. He is a fool when it comes to re- like being in you know in charge. I don't think he's doing the right things. Yes, he he swayed and talked LeBron into coming to LA, which didn't need to take much because LeBron wanted to go there anyway. So he was, you know, he was. Yeah, he's he's smiling because he baited the shark with blood. Like it doesn't make it, you don't need a pat on your back for that. Um, and I think Magic is he's embarrassing the Lakers right now. That is embarrassing that they were going to offer all that for Anthony Davis and Solomon. So uh, I'm glad I'm not a Lakers fan, and I think the player the Lakers missed the playoffs. They're a 10 seed right now, and I believe they're like four and a half or five games back. Um, so I don't I don't see them making the playoffs um, unless LeBron turns it on. He might turn it on after LeBron carried you know the Cavs, but granted, I think the Cavs had a little bit more to work with, not much, but a little more to work with last year, and he brought them to the finals, but. The Cavs definitely had more, and they had more, uh, I guess, a veteran presence, too, like the... J.R. Smith, Kevin Love. Yeah, Lakers are very young. Um, I do think the Lakers will make the playoffs, but they're, I don't think they're going to do any damage. If they if they go eight... Uh, man, how's LeBron going to feel if they go an eight seed and they meet the Warriors in the first round and get bounced by the Warriors? Oh, yeah, it's going to be a bloodbath, but... I. Like, I kind of agree with what you're saying about uh, Anthony Davis. Like, I don't think he's, like, the guy who's going to win a place, uh, you know, by, uh, win a championship by himself. But I think he is a... He's a Kevin he's, Love caliber player. If, no. he's with, if he's there with another, you know, another superstar, like, I think that he could do big things. Like, obviously, you put him with LeBron or, or Kyrie or something, I think he could be great. Right. Or if... Uh, put him with Kevin Durant and uh, Zion Williamson or something like they're talking about with the Knicks or Kyrie uh, people all this like rumors about the Knicks doing huge mm-hmm. things they're saying think. the Knicks know something they're saying the Knicks know something that's why they 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 had no problem getting Porzingis out of there and to the Mavs to open up cap space but I, I mean I don't think that somebody posted like a Photoshop picture um I don't know if it was ESPN or NBA or somebody on Instagram, but it was Zion Williamson, Durant, and Kyrie together in uh, in next jersey. So I don't. Know. I think that's a stretch uh, for me, I but just can't Kyrie leaving, uh, even though Kyrie is a New Jersey guy, I think I can't picture him leaving Boston to go to New York. I just don't see it. I uh, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up, but you know he went from. He's singing a different tune now. He went from, uh, you know, I'm I I would love to re-sign with the Celtics if they'd have me to ask me July first. So that's a big difference in uh, opinion and what you're right, stating exactly. to the press. But 
I mean, if any player decides, willingly decides to go to the New York Knicks, they're pretty much shooting themselves in the foot, and I think that they're ending their NBA career. It is. It will be the end of their career, like it has been for many players. And um, I mean, the only thing that's going to save them is if they get they they can't just get one person. They got to get a they got to get a couple people. But but I feel like they the Knicks. Uh, you know, I I don't I. I'm really uh, apathetic towards them because I'm a because I am a uh, I'm a Nets fan. So I think there's only r- one real deal in New York team in in for the NBA right now, and that's the Brooklyn Nets. Well, but I mean, you're 100 percent right now. That's true. Obviously, the Knicks are a historical franchise who've been around and they were very popular, but they you know they haven't had much success um, in a while. I obviously I have no ill will towards them, but. Uh, I don't think they're smart enough to foresee they because everyone's like, oh, the Knicks know something. The Knicks know something. I don't think they're that crafty or that well prepared or that intelligent. I don't care who at the the Knicks front office uh, they're talking about. Uh, you know, from the top to the bottom, they are a hot heap and mess. They are, you know, is it they have you know except for the Browns this year, but I mean they are the you know they have become the the Cleveland Browns of the NBA. I mean, right? Yeah, pretty much. But uh, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see if if players are going to want to go to New York. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see how it plays out. But I thought the NBA trade deadline was was good. Obviously, the Sixers. Uh, me being watching the Sixers, being a fan, you know, I thought they got some, they got the Tobias Harris deal, which was really good. I was pumped on that and. You know, Gasol going to the Raptors. There was a lot of trades this year. I think they said, I'm pretty sure they said it was the most trades, right, before the deadline ever in NBA history. Yeah, I heard that as well. So that's uh, that's interesting too. So obviously teams making, and I think, uh, you know, we had talked about uh, who we thought was going to win the Eastern Conference, and I have stuck by the the Boston Celtics, and I've been going back and forth the last week or so, and I was, I've officially been thinking about changing my pick for who's going to win the East. And uh, I, uh, even though I had told you, I, I think it's going to be someone else. I, I am still going to stick with the Celtics. I'm, I'm sticking. I'm not going to change. Um, but the Sixers. Well, we, saw, did, we saw a little taste of it last night when the oh, yeah. uh, lost uh, by three points to, uh, to the Celtics. But you never know. But, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think easily like in each, each conference, there's like three or four teams like we talked about who could go I think the West might be a little more you kind of know but the East is definitely wide open now that LeBron's not playing in the East yeah and there's like four teams that I think any one of them if they went I I wouldn't be shocked but yeah and that being the Milwaukee Bucks the Toronto Raptors and the Sixers and Boston right yeah that's the four I mean I I can't picture it being anybody else but who knows my Nets might pull a pull a miracle out right well, you know, I mean, I guess you you really do never know. But the problem with it, it's just, uh, if, you know, you got a whole series, so it's much different. But we sh- game. now <laughs> see. switching switching gears to the uh, West Coast. I mean, we can't. We would be, uh, you know, remiss if we didn't talk about what Oklahoma City's doing right now. What uh, Paul George has been doing. And what Russell Westbrook's been doing. Russell Westbrook obviously passing Wilt Chamberlain for most consecutive triple doubles with ten. Um, 
and uh, Paul George just putting in the putting in the work and getting a triple double himself uh, the other night uh, with 47 points. The guy is or 45 points. The guy is just uh, what a team that they've developed into. Those two, um, they're looking very solid. Oklahoma City is. They're looking much more solid and stable than the Houston Rockets are. Dare I say? Um, so I think uh, if anybody's got a good chance of taking out the Warriors. It's Oklahoma City in the West. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like just exactly to reiterate what you just said, they're they're doing amazing things. Paul George, maybe looking the best he's ever looked ever. I think he's looking better than he's ever looked um, for sure. And then obviously, you, you know, you got his, the other guy there, uh, Russ, doing huge things. So I gotta think that they're definitely a contender. Um, and then you know, the whole West, obviously, with what Harden's been doing, is still incredible. Although I've been a uh, I'll, I'll piggyback off of what Kobe Bryant said, and I don't think that's going to win a championship because it's not. But uh, you can't deny uh, what Harden has been doing. Um, he's he's obviously a tremendous scorer. Um, but, again, I don't think they're going to win a, a championship with that. You need you need a couple people contributing, not just you putting up 50 points every game. So You can only travel and jump back behind the three-point line so many times, you know. Well, that's a different game. I saw one of the craziest travels I've ever seen in my life. I think it was Bradley Beal um, the other day. Actually, they, like, posted it. Like, it was all over social media, too. But I think he took, like, three or four steps underneath the basket and then jumped up and uh, threw the ball out of bounds. But it was uh, – I, I don't know how like that doesn't get called. But it's pretty consistent. It happens every year. Oh, yeah. So, But, yeah, NBA getting closer to the playoffs. It's going to be exciting, exciting to see, so – so uh, to, to wrap up our NBA talk, it's pretty interesting. Uh, something I, w- I just wanted to point out, and I wish that Vince Carter was in the dunk contest, but how it's very cool to see what is uh, more than likely Dirk's last season. Dirk enters the three-point contest. Yeah, very cool. Very cool they're giving uh, these older guys uh, chances at doing things Dirk and then Dwayne Wade getting in, you know, in, in, the all- in the all-star stuff. It's really cool. It should be interesting to see Duke, Dirk out there shooting with some of the young guys. It would be uh, how uh, great would that be to see Dirk win the three point contest and take out the Curry brothers? <laughs> we'll see. I mean, it could very well happen. He's got that. He's got crazy stroke. So and I'm, you know, those guys shoot so much. You know, pregame, during the game, you know, practice. So uh, any one of those guys can win that. I'm sure. So it's going to be very interesting. But moving on, we will hit our segment. For our wrestling aspect of the or portion of the show, uh, let's run the ropes, Eric. So, here we are. Uh, AEW sells out in four minutes. Sells thirteen thousand tickets to the MGM Grand for their Double or Nothing debut pay per view. Eric, thoughts? I mean, it just shows again how I mean how the following. They're just—it's just so big. It's taking on uh, its own life, you know. These guys with New Japan getting all that hype with the Young Bucks, and then um, you know, then the Young Bucks just like becoming almost like marketing. All these guys together have just been a marketing geniuses. Oh yeah, and stuff. Dare I say that it's just taking on like a—I don't know. Like it's just taking on this a whole different level here, where. I think people just want to be a part of it. You know what I mean? Uh, I think people are 
and I'm not trying to sound like an elitist when I say this, but I think people who maybe aren't even like huge wrestling fans are clinging on to this because you know what I mean. They see something big happening. Oh yeah, you. But when you can sell anything out in four minutes, I don't care what it is. It's that's impressive. So I knew it was going to sell like crazy. I mean, I did. Vegas is such a weird place for me, kind of. Um, it's definitely like a travel destination, so you got to think a lot of the people that bought those tickets are, are going to be traveling too, so it's it's definitely impressive. And they have that built-in fan base from, you know, uh, Japan. And obviously guys like Jer- oh, yeah. Jericho and Pac and Rhodes obviously carrying over fandom from WWE as well, so they have a built-in fan base already. Yeah, I mean, are California guys, and they, you know, they started off in like pro wrestling guerrilla, PWG, and I know that you know, they have that, and then obviously a lot of those guys still wrestle in ROH, so they've wrestled all over the country, and then when they went to Japan, it just helped out, made it bigger, so, you know, the the word is out there, and then obviously when you throw Jericho on, um, who his word is out there, uh, him being such a huge success in WCW or WWE, um, you put that name on everything. It just makes it that much bigger. So when he's talking about it, it's just, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's just gotten so huge that uh, I'm sure they didn't even expect that. But it's crazy stuff. I mean, it's exciting. I'm excited. You know, I know they still haven't announced it yet, but I'm excited to see what they do TV-wise, if they do anything. Um, Because that right there is, like, what marks it for me personally. Like, you could be so big, but I just think once you get to that mainstream television um, that really just shows that you're oh yeah you're doing things like even the New Japan you can watch New Japan right now I mean on Access I think that not everyone knows what Access is but it's uh, you know it's an interest it's a it's a it's a cool thing so uh, I think that's gonna kind of once they announce all that stuff too it's just gonna really show how big this thing really truly is absolutely and uh, something we haven't discussed obviously since the last time. Um... We had discussed uh, wrestling. I mean, we had personally, but not on the podcast. Uh, Kenny Omega makes it official. AEW yeah. signee. I mean, I, I kind of figured. Uh, they made, I think they, everything that they do is calculated, I think. So him announcing that he's leaving or that he wasn't going to sign his New Japan stuff, was it was, it was on purpose. It was to, to, to draw up even more buzz. I really, truly believe that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't think he was going to come to WWE or whatever, but the only thing that kind of I thought was funny was, there, well, like, you know, I was thinking, like, there's no real reason for him to not be able to re-sign a New Japan contract because it seems like even though you wrestle in New Japan, you still would be able to wrestle in, in AEW. But obviously, he signed with AEW, and he's going to continue his his feud, somewhat feud with Chris Jericho, which was going to be great because their match, is, you know, their match was amazing. Um, two world class talents. It's really exciting. And and, and what? Who else do they sound? They sound the, the Lucha Brothers there, uh, Ray Phoenix and uh, Yep. What is that? Pe- Pentagon L Zero or whatever. Those those two are really great. Uh, Lucha Doors and uh, yeah, it's just gonna keep getting bigger and bigger. I'm sure. Now switching gears to WWE. Obviously, this week. We get uh, the storyline, and I'm sure it's going to change at some point. Uh, Becky Lynch clears uh, clears medical, uh, says she can get put in the the main event uh, against uh, Ronda Rousey for the title at 
uh, WrestleMania, and she has to apologize. She doesn't apologize, so she is effectively uh, suspended, uh, thus making uh, Charlotte versus Ronda with Becky out, and obviously the super fan outrage. Do you think they're just playing into getting the fans heated about this, or, or what do you think their angle is on this? Yeah, I mean, they got to be just trying to draw a buzz, but, you know, all this being said, again, I love Becky. I think she's amazing, but I hope people don't get a twist of that Charlotte Flair is like a bad wrestler or something because she's, in my eyes, probably, if not the best, one of the best female wrestlers in the world. You know what I mean? Like Oh, hands down. So, uh, I just think the hype around Becky is so huge right now. Like, she's just untouchable. But I got to think they're going to be doing something. Like, there's no... How would you not have... I mean, Becky might be the hottest star in... And I just want to clarify that. I don't mean hot um, in a physical attraction, just in case my wife listens to this. <laughs> um, I just mean that she has the buzz around her. Um, you know, to not have her a part of, of WrestleMania wouldn't make much sense to me. So, something's got to happen. Maybe they'll make it a triple threat, but... But it's sad to think that in that triple threat that uh, Ronda would probably be the lowest. She'd be the one who shines the least, sadly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Not that I dislike Ronda Rousey, touching on that. I just think that she hasn't kind of found her groove yet. I think she's kind of battling what she wants to be and what they're telling her to be, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, she's supposed to. I think they're telling her to be this badass character, to go out there, be mean, put people in... Uh, in uh, submission holds and, and just look like a badass, but you know she can't help herself but to smile and and you know Bret yeah, Hart, like, kiss babies and put the Bret Hart glasses on their heads and stuff. Even though she's not supposed to be running that angle. I mean, don't get me wrong; she is a bad woman. Who you know, she probably you know she's obviously a specimen of beast. She's done did crazy things and you know judo and then in the UFC. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just think, don't think she's found her groove yet, but she will, and I and I think she'll be there for, you know, she'll be there for a long time. And she's, I mean, obviously, we see people get pushed up and get titles early, you know, Brock and shit like that. I think it's kind of the same with her, but she obviously cares more than Brock does, I think. And uh, yeah, I mean, the whole Becky stuff was, I didn't see it coming, but it, they're obviously going to include her, and uh, hopefully, it's a hopefully it's a good match. We shall see. Now, you had uh, we had communicated via text message earlier, and you said you have a few questions for me. Oh, yeah. So, I just said, well, it's, it's a wrestling question, but it's kind of not at the same time. But it's it's So, I was watching, well, recently I watched uh, Rocky Three or whatever, and then there's, a, there's that scene with, the, you know, Hulk Hogan and Thunderlips. Um, and I was thinking to myself, like, man, like, like, Hulk Hogan was so huge, and I know we've talked about him before, um, how big he was. And then I think I was, and then I, I, at some point I, I was watching uh, Walking Tall with, with The Rock. And I was thinking about how huge The Rock is. So just, I, I was just thinking to myself, like, who has The Rock? At this, point? This, this is what I wanted to ask you. Do you think The Rock has officially taken over as the most popular pro wrestler in the history of pro wrestling? Because before, I, I would think it was Hulk Hogan. But, I mean, Hulk Hogan was gigantic, huge in the business, huge out of the business, television shows, movies, uh, you know, all over the place. But would you say that now, that Dwayne Johnson is now the biggest 
you know, most, I don't know about, I don't know what, I don't want to say biggest like pro wrestler, but the most popular, um, famous wrestler. Yeah. Ever to come out of pro wrestling. Like, wouldn't you, would you say that he's, he surpassed Hogan at that now? Like, and he's now like, I mean, the dude is countless movies, like a whole bunch of money, television shows, like. He could come back to wrestling right now, and he could main event a show right now. Obviously, he could he could main main event WrestleMania probably if he wanted to. But I don't know. It was just a question I had in my head: like, is is The Rock now the biggest like sports entertainer in the history of, of the business? I think in another fifteen years, he will have surpassed Hogan. But do so you still don't think now he's surpassed Hogan? No. That's, I don't know. I think I kind of now think he like, he's don't get me wrong. He's more popular than Hogan because he's in currently in movies and stuff. But listen, everyone, people who'd never watched wrestling in their life, do know they do. Don't get me wrong. Same the same people could tell you who The Rock is, but Hulk Hogan, I think just. Truly, don't get me wrong. The Rock is just as no, I think, just as recognizable as Hulk Hogan. But Hulk Hogan's character, I think, is just I don't know. Maybe it's I think it's it's still bigger. And I can't really. And anything you say about Hulk Hogan, you can still say for The Rock. And The Rock is obviously the highest paid star in Hollywood. He's huge. Don't get me wrong. The Rock is every bit of huge as Hogan, but. I don't, I don't know. I feel like if you ask a 15-year-old who Hulk Hogan is, he knows exactly who Hulk Hogan is. You ask a 15-year-old who The Rock is, he knows who The Rock is. But isn't that more impressive that he people Hulk Hogan hasn't actively wrestled or been in movies in in 15 years, pretty much? And people who are only 15 years old now can tell you who Hulk Hogan is. Yeah, I don't. I mean, like I said, it's definitely a debate. I I, I think maybe. Well, it was weird. I think maybe in the actual business of wrestling, then that um, Hogan was probably bigger. And I say that because when The Rock was around during the Attitude Era, which is by far the biggest era in wrestling history, I don't care what anybody says, which I know you would agree. Yes, um, definitely. But he was also there with a few people who were also mega stars, like like uh, Stone Cold and guys like that. So Undertaker, Mankind, like. Yeah. Hogan was around for, there was a lot of great people, but he was head and shoulders the guy. When The Rock was there, and he was the guy, but so was like three or four other guys as well. Exactly. But post-wrestling career, I do think uh, The Rock obviously has surpassed that at this point. He's been in so many big movies, and and like you said, in in television, he's got so many projects going on, and... uh, I, th- I, found, I thought it was really cool that his company, production company, is helping out with that movie about Paige, uh, Fighting With My Family. They're one of the main production companies on that movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a, it was an interesting debate. Like thinking like I think, to, to sum it up, uh, Hulk Hogan is Michael Jordan and The Rock is LeBron James. Yeah, I mean, I could agree with that. And then, um, and then uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin might be Kobe or something. I like that. That is actually that's good. That's good. Yeah, I like Steve that. Steve Austin obviously has had a, a, a great career outside of wrestling. Not he's not he's not the Rock big, but he's still 
he has a television show and he's been in, in countless movies and stuff, but obviously not to that magnitude. So, yeah, I think that's a good analogy for all that. Definitely. Ma- Macho Man is Tim Duncan. Has the rings, has everything, but people don't acknowledge him to be as big as uh, Michael Jordan or Kobe. T Dunk. I don't know. I mean, just personality wise, they're probably the most uh, the sp- separate from uh, each other person. <laughs> but yeah, you're probably right about that. I mean, Mach was a genius, so. Piper, um, Piper is Steve Nash. Never got the ring, but. Who's Dennis Rodman in all this? That's uh, what I want to know. Orlando Jordan? Oh, of course. Huge yeah, fan. Same here, man. I think I think for us especially like our age group uh that era being pro wrestling fans too like that was like, just like I said that was like the hottest time for wrestling like there was nothing bigger. Um No. And I know Vince would agree obviously those are probably the, his biggest money making days and uh well merchandising and and uh and ratings were probably were through the roof, I'm sure. Which oh. I'm still I know now they still get good ratings, but, you know, it's... They weren't putting up numbers that were friggin', that were running running close to Monday Night Football numbers, you know what I mean? Right, exactly, yeah. But, I don't know, it was just, like, an interesting debate in my head I was, I was having, like, like, who, and I wanted to include it on the, on, the, on the podcast, like, you know, who is the biggest star to come from pro wrestling? And, I, and like I said, I, it's an interesting debate. Um, but like you said, it's, it's, it's very similar to, yes, the Michael Jordan, LeBron James debate. Can you really debate it? Different eras, you know, different types, but, um, and I, and I, like I said, I think maybe Hulk was a little bit bigger in the business, uh, than Rock maybe. And then the Rock is definitely bigger like, in movies. Like a star. And, yeah. Put a movie out every 15 minutes, pretty much. Uh, and they're all, they're all entertaining. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what movie it is. Every one of the Rocks movies is pretty much entertaining. So. People trash talk San Andreas. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was interesting. So, and obviously we love his new, you know, the new stuff that came out. So, um. I'll, I'll. It's funny we talk about you know the ratings and stuff of uh, the Attitude Era. You got to think back in that time when WCW and the WWE were battling head to head, and they were pulling four, you know, four point four, four point five. Uh, each four, you know, four point five rating, you know, four point five million people viewing their shows. You know, you're looking at close to ten million people watching wrestling on a Monday night. Um, it's interesting that it's been that long. When you think back, almost twenty years. Um, you know, eighteen, seventeen since uh, or eighteen since uh, WCW had, has been out of business now. But with AEW coming in, if they get a big lucrative uh, television deal. We could see a a new era in wrestling where we're getting those high, you know, four. Maybe possibly, maybe we'll make it back to a four and a half million viewers on a on one of these wrestling programs uh, on a on a weekly basis. I'd be okay with a new age uh, wrestling Monday Night Wars. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think uh, I don't think AEW is approaching it that way, but the fans are going to twist it that way, especially depending well, I mean, on where they end up on uh, on what channel and at what night. Exactly, and that's what I mean. Like I want to see like what they're actually gonna what they're actually gonna do when it comes to uh, viewership and and how people are gonna be able to watch them. They're gonna be they're gonna be on cable television. I can I'll, I'll, I'll almost guarantee I mean. it. 
got to you got to wonder where because obviously we saw you know the the closest thing since the WCW stuff was TNA. They had a couple okay TV deals, but you know now I don't even think anybody can tell you what station they're on or. I haven't watched a TNA or Impact in so long. <laughs> they purged so much of their talent, so uh, it would be, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, when when once that once that news drops, it's definitely going to be a, it's going to be fun to hear. Now, hypothetical, and these are hypotheticals. I have no information to back this up. I'm not an insider, but hypothetically, they get put on something like a true tv okay obviously a very common channel everybody can has access to it on most basic uh uh cable formats right they get something big like that on a true tv that already has a huge following with impractical jokers and allowing them to do crossovers with like the impractical jokers carbonaro effect their, their hit shows you know where does that do you think that that enters them into uh, direct, uh, you know, competition with uh, with Vince? Uh, I mean, uh, if they get a TV deal like that, I mean, I think yeah, just because like we talked about how big they are, so they're, they're, obviously the viewership is going to be there. People, are, the ratings are going to be there because if they're, they're selling out venues that quickly, and uh, the amount of merchandising and stuff they have, then I gotta think yes. I'm sure in Vince's head. He probably doesn't think so. I mean, it's tough to compete with a juggernaut like that. <laughs> uh, so I'm sure he's not even batting an eyelash. But I think it's it's if they can do all that and get on cable and, and have a weekly uh, run, uh, we haven't seen that in a long time. So it would be interesting. No matter what happens, we're, the fans exciting. win. Yeah, that's what I mean. For the fans, it would be super exciting because we... You know, we can have another facet of, instead of just having a stream, you know, like, I do a lot of streaming with uh, with New Japan and stuff like that, and you get to watch the weekly episode, but um, when you have another facet of, of the business where you can watch, and it's not, it's not WWE on uh, actual television, it's definitely, uh, definitely would be cool. Absolutely. So, uh, this is, uh, this just about wraps up our uh, episode here, so, uh, Eric, closing thoughts. Uh, anything uh, wrestling related you want to close this out with? Uh, n- nothing I can think of, uh, really. I mean, I, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see. Like, we haven't seen anything from The Undertaker. Um, is that is he, is he going to show his face for this WrestleMania? And I question, uh, hopefully, I just que- I hope it's a good WrestleMania coming up. That's all. We can, we can only hope, and uh, it should be interesting to see if, Yay, old dead man yeah, does arise I'll, once again. To... Not even just him. I, you know, there's a couple guys. Like I know, people are back and forth on him. But like, I'm a huge. I love Bray Wyatt, and you know, I, and I and I love Sami Zayn, and I I like Kevin Owens a lot, and I, I'm I'm eager to see those guys come back. I mean, I, we haven't got a timeline in any of that stuff at all. So true, very true. Um, so uh... you got you got to think that they're going to come back before or right after, um, and hopefully they have good stuff to do with those guys. Well, uh, we can we can only hope that when they come back, they are uh, properly properly suited where they uh, where they should be, and hopefully, uh, all continue to uh, I, I guess uh, still be. It's so hard to keep track of everyone. I feel like sometimes in WWE, I feel like they have uh, 
as we've discussed before, they have endless amount, maybe the most stacked roster that they've ever had. Yeah. Yeah, for, sure. From top to bottom, they definitely do. But they also have this this extreme uh, talent for for making guys who are amazing uh, become obscure. Even guys who have title belts, even guys who hold belts, they sometimes and they sometimes they somehow make you make them feel obscure to you. Yeah. Like they they do it for me. Like. Uh, I don't know. Like you take a guy like Bobby Roode, like he holds a tag team title, uh, and then you and you think like, man, does he? I don't know. Like it just, it's it's a weird how they do that kind of. They he's he's holding a title belt, but yet you still feel like he's not being pushed the right way. I don't know how they do it, but they have a knack for doing that. They, they do, and it makes the titles mean less. Yeah, I think they. I mean, I think they've done that for what? Well, because they make the main title feel so minuscule they put it on uh you know they, when you put it on brock and he and he never wrestles for it or when he does it's these awful squash matches it's like how i don't know it's just stupid to me but counter to that i like the way uh tomaso champa carries himself and his character and how he holds the belt very good little nuances like that i think push the belt and the product into those realms of suspending disbelief when i watch tomaso champa wrestle I think he really he wants that to keep that title. The title means everything yeah. to him, and I, I, and I miss him. that. Yeah, I love him, and I, I love everything about that dude. But again, that's another what I'm talking about. Like, if he comes up to the main roster, they're just gonna do they're they're probably gonna just throw him into obscurity, like they do with everyone else. Yeah, that. I mean, they kind of make guys relevant for a bit, and then they and then they just like. They shoo them off, and then they may—I don't know. It's, it's an interesting cycle of events that always takes place, but um, but we'll see how it goes. And like I said, WrestleMania coming up—it should be an exciting time. Um, so for sure, it's exciting to be a wrestling fan, nevertheless. Yeah, with all all the different stuff, you know, New Japan and, and AEW, and then WWE—it's definitely a great time to be a wrestling fan. So can't deny that, and. Uh... I'm sure we'll be talking about it in the weeks and months to come. So uh, you can find us on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher and Google Podcasts. And anywhere you listen or download or stream podcasts, you can find Battleheads uh, or Sports and Wrestling Podcast on any of those. You can also hit us up on social media at Battleheads Podcast um, on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, let us know you're out there. Send us any questions that you have or, or topics you think you uh, just about a dozen for us. Uh, I've been uh, your co-host, Jesse O'Chess. 